0: Have you ever wanted to have a near-death experience? Because that's exactly what our characters want, need, and do in the movie that we are reviewing on the Mixtape Podcast this week. We are reviewing 1990 movie Flatliners, directed by Joel Schumacher and written by Peter Filati. I will be your host. My name is Dean, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Marcelo Innostroza. Okay, so this was my pick. I don't think many people know about this movie because this movie—I don't know why—because this movie stars Julia Roberts, Kiefer Sutherland, William Baldwin, Oliver Platt, and Kevin Bacon. And it's—I mean—it's got A-list actors in it. So, Marcella, you'd never had—had had you heard about this movie before?
1: Yeah, uh, yes, I've heard about this movie before, but I've never actually seen it, and I'm so fucking pissed that i didn't see it when i was a kid because if i would have seen this movie when i was a kid i would have fucking loved this movie because everything about this movie talks about what i'm actually interested in Mm. and i i felt look i felt really uniquely qualified to watch this movie because i because um as most of you know i don't even think i've mentioned this on the pod before I'm an atheist. Mm -hmm. So what, so, 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 so what the main crux of this movie is about, I feel sort of clashes with my belief system. Yeah. So while I was watching the, (laughs) while I was watching the movie, I was like, I wonder if this movie is going to make me actually, you know, sort of, sort of like not, not change my belief system, but make me look at things a little bit differently. And I'm happy to say that this movie did bring up some interesting questions that, that, I spent hours thinking about after I watched the movie. Oh, we should address those questions. That would be an
0: interesting conversation. That would be. Yeah, we should. I want to bring. I want you to bring up some questions that you had because you know I'm you know I'm all about this movie, right? You know my energy is like this fucking movie.
1: <laughs> I love yeah, this movie. Yeah, and also 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 I do want to point out that I was really impressed with this movie because the only other Joel Schumacher film that I've seen. And although I just want to qualify, it's bad, but I love it. I don't care what anybody says. Is it Batman? The only other Joel... Sh- <laughs> yeah. The- <laughs> so, so, but but I was I was really surprised huh. that Joel Schumacher could make a movie like this. Mm. And I'm like, this guy made Batman? What yeah. the fuck happened? I
0: don't know. What
1: the- I don't know. What the- I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Because, <laughs> because this movie is directed... I mean... Um, so well. I mean, a lot... I mean... The, the music so the, the dp it's just so great it, yeah. i mean it's great but you know what i'll just i'll just shut up and i'll just let dean get to it
0: well you know who you are in the movie you're kevin bacon because kevin bacon is the atheist Ex- exactly <laughs> yeah so when i was watching because i'd forgotten i haven't seen this movie in ages i'd forgotten i'm like oh my god that's marcello kevin bacon that's that's you <laughs> um okay let's get to it so the premise of Flatliners is five medical students experiment with near-death experiences until the dark consequences of past tragedies begin to jeopardize their lives. All right. So the opening scene is so ominous. It's got really creepy church close-ups of like church close-ups, close-ups of like um, fucking Mother Mary, Mother Mary and fucking, you know what I mean? It's creepy shit, right? Like, like fucking gargoyle shit. It's got church music. It's like quiet church music. It's creepy. Do you know what? I'm so, uh, movies have absolutely bastardized beautiful church music because now it's creepy as shit. And now they use it in horror movies to creep you the fuck out. And it's just these close-ups of these like statues that are supposed to be angelic and beautiful. And like, it's just like, oh, it just. From the minute it opens, it creeps you the fuck out. So it has that and then we have an introduction to Kiefer Sutherland's character, which is Nelson, who's kind of looking out onto the bay and he says, it's a good day to die. And you're wondering, what? Um, And then we get introduced to... Kevin Bay. They they introduce all the characters quite quickly, but you know you know a yeah. little bit about them or um uh, straight away. So we get introduced to Kevin Bacon. He's the atheist. He plays David, and he's rushing someone into surgery. And he starts doing surgery, and then he gets in trouble for it. And you're f- trying to figure out why is he getting in trouble for it. And then we get introduced to Oliver Platt, which plays he plays Randy, and he's recording himself. So he his has name is Randy. His name is Randy. If you didn't know,
1: okay. <laughs> I don't okay. think they yeah, ever yeah, mentioned yeah, okay. him by name. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: I had to look it up.
1: By the way, <laughs> I had
0: to look up his name. So he's recording himself, and he's got a little. He's got a little bit of an ego in him. He kind of think he kind of thinks he's kind of above everyone. And then we in, get introduced to Julie Roberts' character. She plays Rachel, and she's sitting with patients, and she's listening to them um she's listening to one of them talk about their near-death experiences the thing that i never understood with julie roberts character is she's in a ward so okay let me just let for people that haven't seen it this hospital that they're in it looks like a greek pantheon it's not a hospital it yeah, looks like a no, museum no,
1: they, yeah no here's the thing Here, look look here's I'm, I'm i'm sorry to step on you there for no just tell me a moment. tell me but but this movie really confused the shit out of me because yeah, the for the first <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the for the for the for the first couple of scenes, I'm like, okay, where are these fucking people supposed to be? Because the movie <laughs> yeah. starts off, look, look, look. The movie starts off like Dean said, with these ominous close ups of these Greek looking statues, and Kiefer Sutherland coming and Kiefer Sutherland, you know, walking, you know, uh, and saying, "It's a good day to die." Fine. Mm-hmm. but then, but then it start but then it continues with Kevin Bacon basically being an orderly in the most dark, damp hospital I've ever seen this the 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 lighting in this hospital is awful, and I'm like, what hospital in any there is no hospital on the face of this planet that would have this lighting mm, mm-hmm. mhm-. And and yeah, it took me. No, I kid you not, guys. It took me like ten minutes to figure out that these that that these characters were med students.
0: Yes, because what where they are? It's not a hospital. Like it doesn't look like a hospital because in the ward that Julia Roberts is working in, yes, it looks like it's the cathedral. It looks like some some ancient ruins. I mean, listen, it's beautiful. It just doesn't look like a hospital now. The ward that Julia Roberts works in, I was confused because in hospitals there's different wards for different kind of um, whatever ailments kind of you have. So in her ward, she's talking to someone that is having a near-death, that has had a near-death experience, but then in the next bed there's a woman that's dying. So does she work in palliative care, which is like near-death? Or does she work in, I don't know, where she. what's the ward?
1: No, it's got to be uh she she has to work in hospice care. Because because you're right. The because you're right when we first meet the lovely Julia Roberts. Oh god, be still in my heart. Oh, I love you Julia Roberts. Mm. Um she is talking to those people and those people are telling her about the near death experiences, but when she switches to the old lady in the bed, that old lady looks like she was in hospice the whole time.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, it's not a big thing, but right. I was like, I don't, I don't know, know where she's working. Anyway, no. so it, you, you you get introduced to all the characters within the first like five minutes, and then the first scene is this is when we find out they're all medical students, and they're <laughs> they're doing autopsies in it looks like in a fucking church. It's not a hospital, right? How can that be sanitary? Are you fucking kidding me? Does this what?
1: <laughs> it looks yeah, it looks not beautiful. A film. <laughs> No, but seriously, that's the other thing that I was thinking when I finally figured out, you know, you know, what the hell they were, and what the hell they were doing. I'm like, ex- look, and this is coming from somebody who loves medical dramas. Dean will tell you, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, this is not sterile. What the hell are you guys doing? Super weird. <laughs> so fucking weird. Uh, no, yeah. and the other, the, the the other, just the other thing I would just want to mention is that. The same uh, the screen the same screenplay writer who wrote this film also wrote one of Dean's favorites, The Craft. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if you I didn't that. know
0: that. I didn't. I didn't do enough research on that. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and just real quickly, I do think that the screenplay writer did such a good job at economically introducing all our characters really, really fast mm. and getting to the point of the film. As quickly as possible. Yes,
0: yes, I agree. I think it was literally within the first ten minutes, which is what it's supposed to be. So he did a he did a really really good job. So they're doing autopsies, and Nelson, which is Kiefer Sullivan, he pulls Rachel, Julie Roberts, aside and says, "Look, are you still able to come? Your only job is to monitor the IVs, and we don't have, we have no idea what he's talking about." And she said to him, "Look, I won't be a part of you killing yourself." And so you're like. Well, if you don't know what this movie is about, you're like, hmm. And then we we meet William Baldwin, Baldwin which play, he plays Joe, and he's a dick. He He's coming on <laughs> to Julia. He is. He He's a dick. He is the worst kind of male there is. He's coming on. He, they're in an autopsy class, he's and he's so, trying no, he's to crack on to Julia Roberts. <laughs> meanwhile, it, no. he's engaged, right, to be married. Oh, meanwhile, what a, what a asshole. meanwhile, um, he sleeps with all these girls, but he films them unknowingly,
1: oh, and he has all
0: these tapes. Like god. he's literally the worst kind of male. <laughs> but anyway, there's that scene. Yeah. If you've got anything to add, tell me.
1: Yes, I I, I do have one more thing to add. This is the Baldwin brother that I don't like. <laughs> so the minute,
0: <laughs> the so, only one you so, don't like. This is the one.
1: <laughs> so check it out. The minute I saw this guy come on screen, I'm like, oh god damn it. The only, <laughs> the the only character that he's ever played that I can tolerate him is in he played. A character in backdraft that's the only yeah. terrible character that he's ever played that I like but this motherfucker every second of the film I wanted to punch him in the face. I does like, he I just have right one now. of those faces? Yeah 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 <laughs> he got yeah he just he just has one of those faces and and uh yeah he just does and Dean you know what I'm talking about
0: no 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 I know I know what you're talking about I know what you're talking about. Finally finally we come across someone you don't like to look at. yeah this is the first time this is the first time so all right so that's the first so that's the first scene we've got all the introductions out of the way the medical cushions blah, blah blah now the next scene is we find out that david kevin bacon has gotten a four month suspension for operating unauthorized and but the thing is he saved that woman's life there was no other there was no other doctors around and what he did actually saved that woman's life but because he's only a medical student he doesn't have the authorization to actually do that and he's pissed he's like she would have died if I wasn't there this is bullshit you know I'm fucking leaving I'm not doing medical school you know I I I don't want to do this I'm not going to do this again whatever he's just fucking pissed off Nelson comes up to him and says, look, please don't leave. I need you. I need you there tonight because you're the best. You're the best we have. Please don't leave school. Please, I need you there tonight. And we still don't know what Nelson's trying to recruit these people for. But um, what I found interesting was in that scene, why is Kevin Bacon rappelling down the side of his dormitory? (laughs) Why doesn't he just go out of the front door?
1: i I was exactly gonna say that i was like i was like okay okay I, I under look look i understand that he just got expelled for doing something that he was not supposed to do because mm. he is a med student mm. but i'm like why the fuck is he repelling out of the door why does he <laughs> just go out the front door i was gonna so say the same exact thing <laughs> so But red. you know but dean beat me to it
0: yeah i have no i don't there wasn't even said like and and the funny thing is Nelson never even asked why are you rappelling down the side of your-? it was like totally normal. <laughs> so no, I was I mean, like okay. Well,
1: well maybe, they, maybe they, maybe they, maybe the screenplay writer just wanted something cool for Kevin Bacon to do, and he just couldn't think of anything better.
0: Maybe they couldn't film inside a building, and they needed to get Kevin Bacon out, so they're like, "Well, that's the best way we can." get him out without actually going in the building. I I don't know, but it was just fucking weird. Anyway. That's weird. So weird. So the next scene we've got Joe William Baldwin and Randy Oliver Platt and they meet Nelson. Again, this is the location. It's so fucking weird. They meet Nelson. It looks like, again, a Greek fucking pantheon building and they go in like an old cathedral and Nelson has set up all all this medical equipment and explains the procedure. Now, we finally learn what he's going to do. And they're telling him, okay, they need to stop his heart and they need to give him one minute and then revive him because he wants to have a near-death experience because he's saying that science has not proven near-death experiences. Religion can't get their shit together. I want to have a near-death experience. I want to know if there's something out there. And if there is, I'm going to come back with all the information and basically I'm going to be fucking famous because I want to know for himself. So he's willing to actually stop his heart to have a near-death experience. He is willing to trust these four other medical students to revive him just so he can see if there's something out there. That's fucking ballsy. That is fucking ballsy. And then Rachel comes in and joins them. And, uh, when the question is asked, why is he doing this? You know, again, he says because she she's just coming late. I, I wanted to see if there's life beyond death ball, blah, 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 which is what everybody wants to know. I don't know if I would exactly want to stop my heart in the hopes that they could restart it again, but anyway, they get him ready. They put him under. Kevin Bacon comes in because he wasn't going to do it, and he's like, "Fuck well, they're not going to do it without me." He comes in, he takes over because he's the best, and he uses a defibrillator to stop his heart, and then he flatlines. And Joe is filming for evidence and i love this because this is scene three of the movie and you're already in it this is already you're you're already kicked off this is within the first 15 minutes of the movie you've set up everything the screenwriter set up everything josh schumacher set up everything and now they're actually flatlining him and this is this is this is the incident where it's like pushes the whole story forward so what did you think
1: Yes, this is indeed the inciting incident of the film. And Dean said it, the, the screenplay writer wasted no time. Joel Schumacher set up the world as quickly as he could, as badass as he could. And now we're just going 100 miles an hour. When, when we actually find out what Keith Sutherland wants, wants his fellow classmates to help him with, I kept thinking for the first hour of the movie, mm. I kept thinking to myself, these motherfucking people are crazy. These motherfucking people are crazy. These motherfucking people are crazy. Mm. The other thing, the other thing that I kept thinking was where the fuck is the security in this building? Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't, but, I don't you know, know. You know, but you know, but you know, but that aside with, with, um, with, with Keith Sutherland's character, uh, uh, explaining the procedure and why he wants to do the procedure, I thought it was a very, very interesting concept. And I thought that, you know, there there could be some people out there in the world who have medical degrees that want to do something like this, but they're too afraid to do it. And the, And the interesting thing about this entire movie to me is that when people have near-death experiences, everybody sees something different. Mm. And the reason why I think they see something different is because of their personal life experience. Yes. Yeah. So I, so 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 I I um I'm no spoilers here, but I really like uh um how Joel Schumacher showed um the way uh, when when Keith Sutherland flatlined. I really like what how he showed him going through death. Mm. and you know and what happens and what happens later on with uh the the rest of the characters i thought was endlessly fascinating the other thing that i thought Mm. was well, well i'll say that for later but i thought this um i thought this setup was just great all right so now
0: because nelson's flatlined we flash we start flashing back and forth between the team trying to revive him because remember he said one minute and then try and revive me so, and what Nelson is seeing. So, we have the point of view of someone flying above this pretty field, and there's kids running and playing, or so we think, and there's a dog happily running. Uh, it's sunny, it's beautiful. And as soon as as soon as Kevin Bacon puts the defibrillator on his chest and tries to bring him back, it turns really dark and it turns really ominous, and um that's it, that's the end of the vision, and they bring him back. Now, that might seem... Yeah, go for it.
1: In every fucking Hollywood movie, when <laughs> they want to defibrillate somebody, the character takes it to the defibrillator barriers and he, rubs it, and he rubs them together. That does not happen in real life, people. That shit does not happen. It drives me up a fucking wall when they do that. Oh, my God. Well,
0: I don't know if that's oh. real or not, but they
1: did have a real
0: no. uh, doctor to show them how to use the equipment uh, they, properly. And-
1: did not happen. Oh my god. So I don't, know, I don't know if that's know, correct or not. And, and you know why I know that people? No. Just real quick. Yeah, yeah, go. Because because my family is full of nurses and doctors. Ah, so that's why yeah. I
0: know that. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right.
1: Oh, but yeah, but uh, yeah, but I'm sorry, Dean. Maybe they go. need to make it more dramatic. <laughs> yeah, off you go. It's like we need to rub them together before we do it. Pff, clear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, off you go. They get him back. And the next scene is they're trying to ask him like what what did you see?" so they they draw, I, I love that most of this movie is at night, and in really dark streets with harsh lighting, nothing is soft in this movie. Everything is harsh, which no. I love.
1: no, 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 nothing absolutely, nothing is lit in this movie. Everything is dark. Damp and and growth, which and, is great. Yeah,
0: and it makes everything have really rigid edges. So I just I love the cinematography in this movie. I just love how Joel shot this. So and the music too. oh the music is creepy as shit. Yeah. So the team is asking, "What did you see?" And Nelson's sitting there, and he goes, "I can't explain what I saw, but I felt like it was comforting." And he's saying, like, he has heightened senses now, so he can hear the hum. Of the streetlights, and Kevin Bacon's like, because mm, Kevin Bacon is the atheist, and he's just like, okay, all right. So you can hear the straw. All right, well, it just might, might just be just a fucking side effect. All throughout this movie, he questions everything, even when he goes under. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So Rachel says, "I want to go next." Right. This was never about everybody having turns, but because they brought him back safely, now then now they want to go. Like they think it's a they think it's Splash Mountain at Disneyland. Like, oh, I want to have a turn next and it's just really fucking weird
1: <laughs>
0: so rachel says she wants to yeah, go next <laughs> right it's weird
1: yeah no uh, yeah yeah it's uh, yo it's absolutely weird and the other thing the, the other thing that doesn't make sense before before kiefer sutherland's character went under mm. so many of them were against him doing it but since they brought him back feel like dean said they all want to go on splash mountain now yeah. it's just fucking weird
0: yeah let's go on splash mountain yay <laughs> <laughs> yeah no so rachel says she wants to go next and she's gonna do one minute and 20 seconds and then joe says he wants to go he's gonna do one minute and 30 seconds so they're tr- so they're trying to up each other on how long they can basically stay dead for which is interesting <laughs> and uh so joe wins because rachel's like yeah i'm not gonna do more than more than fucking one minute and 30 seconds and so they they've parked the car and nelson's sitting in the back And his point of view is he's looking down an alleyway and they all go into like a convenience store and they're just grabbing, grabbing some food. So he's by himself. And I love this shot because as he's waiting for the others, he sees the dog from his vision and it's, 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 it looks like it's in distress and it's crawling towards him and it's making like distress dog noises. And he's like, what? But what I find great about the shot is from Kiefer Sutherland's point of view. If you look down the alleyway, there are actually three demon faces murals that are painted at the at the end of the alley, which are so creepy. And I just thought, and it's raining, and it's a, Joel Schumacher uses a lot of blue tones in this movie. He uses light blue tones, and I think he goes through all the spectrum of blue tones in this movie big, to simulate death, coldness, um, not comforting. And I just, I, I, I love that. I love that. So what did you say? What say you?
1: I absolutely, I absolutely love the scene because like Dean said, the way that Joel Schumacher staged the scene is Kiefer Sutherland is sitting outside waiting for his friends to come out of the convenience store. And while he's sitting there, you see the you see the dog uh, basically crawl towards him like he's injured, but Dean got a nice catch. At the end of the at the end of the um, um at the end of the sort of sort of uh, alleyway mm. is these three demon faces, and it's the most terrifying thing that in this movie so far. Because I'm sitting there watching this movie, and when I notice what is at the end <laughs> of, of of the street, I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I jumped. I was like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. But you, but but you are so right. Joel Schumacher's use of light in this movie to indicate certain feelings and, 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 and certain pieces of atmosphere is great. I think that his particular use of red in this movie is wonderful.
0: Oh, with Julie Roberts' character? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So now, so this movie wastes no time because now no, we, go, we go straight into the next flat. We don't worry about setting up. We go straight into the vision, Joe's vision. And we see a a point of view of a baby being born, and then flashes of people talking to it and kissing it. But oh, look at the baby from the baby's perspective. And now we see Joe is on the table; he's already flatlining. They're they're already trying to get him back. And we go back to Joe's vision, and he starts seeing half-dressed women, very sexualized, very seductive. And it shows um, from it what that shows is he sexualizes women now and the point of the point of view when he was a baby, he must have grown, I'm assuming, he must have grown up with all these sexualized, um, he must have grown up, sorry, being very sexualized as a young boy, having exposure to all these all these women. And so now um, this is why he acts the way that he does. And it's kind of showing from a young age he was just around this stimuli. And, now he doesn't think anything of it because he's so used to it and then they bring him back so what do you think about his experience that he had
1: yeah um i actually i actually had a different viewpoint oh, go on for it. it i i was um i was actually thinking that the way um one of the uh he's like this is because uh he didn't receive this as a child right mm. and um and you know you know and the reason why he sexualizes women now the reason why he makes all these tapes and the reason why he sleeps with so many fucking women is because he, he had that he had that for a brief time in his life but now as an adult he feels sort of trapped and sort of uh beholden to marrying this woman who 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 he who we think he cares about mm. so that's why i think that he um. Uh. Does what he does, and he acts the way that he acts. Right. And that. That's why. Um. That's also why. When he flatlined, that's why I think that he got those visions and those flashes.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Well, we won't know because it wasn't really properly properly, um, explained no, because Joe's, all of their, um, visions that they have are kind of resolved except his i th- i think so uh
1: no actually no it? actually he's the one no his 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 uh, um his vision or his near death experience is resolved but it's not resolved like the rest of the other ones are right okay okay so we'll we'll get to that when it happens we'll get to so that
0: they bring him back and joey's trying to explain to the group because they're like what did you see what he saw and he can't explain. It. He goes, no, "I don't know. I don't know how to explain it." And Kevin Bacon is basically saying, "This is all bullshit." Okay, you saw what you wanted to see. Typical, of course typical atheist. I love that they put an atheist in this movie. I think that whoop whoop. that was such a smart move. Yeah. Put a complete skeptic in there. My people. I loved it. Yeah, your people. I fucking like, loved it. Yeah. But Nelson tells tells um, Kevin Bacon, "Well, if you think it's all bullshit, why don't you try it and see for yourself?" And he asks. Um and Kevin Bacon's like, Yeah, well, you know, nah, you know, it's just gonna be my brain chemicals and you know, all that fucking typical atheist shit. And then
1: That's what I that's what I was thinking. Brain chemicals. Yeah, Before exactly. I said it. I exactly. Like, that's what I was thinking. Y'all think alike. Chemicals. Swear to God, you all think alike.
0: <laughs> so then Nelson yeah, we're, asks yeah, we're,
1: we're a bunch of automatons.
0: <laughs> so Nelson asks Joe if he casually, did you see anything negative? And Joe says, No, I didn't see anything negative. And he goes, okay, it doesn't kind of, doesn't, doesn't go any further than that. And then Nelson's walking home at night It looks about four o'clock in the morning. Again, Joel uses lots of blues or the cinematographer does, um, raining, dark, dank. He walks into a, I don't know what it is about horror movies, but in every horror movie, when they walk into a train station at night, there's nobody there, nobody ever. And that, look, it, look if i don't know where they are i'm assuming they're like maybe new york chicago or something i know there's people in train stations anyway that's annoying moving on that's just a me thing so there's no one there and he sees this dog again and he's like what the fuck so he starts following this dog and it leads him to some back tunnels in the train station where he sees a boy who a young boy maybe 10 years old who starts beating the shit out of him and that's the end of that scene and you might think that's random, but it's not. It'll come back later. But yeah, what do you no. think about those right. scenes?
1: Um, well, well, first of all, I just want to defend my fellow New York uh, train stations. Here, hmm. there are some train stations in New York that, like at two o'clock in the morning, I and mean, they're fucking empty. The only thing, the only thing in the train stations are the fucking hobos, but they're actually on the trains. Yeah, so you don't see them.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I suppose in you know places like not right like right. in manhattan because when i was there i caught right. a train at like one o'clock in the morning and there was more people on the train station than there was during the day <laughs> i was like what the fuck is this right, right but right. in other boroughs maybe yes maybe you're right maybe there's nobody. Right. right
1: but um but uh onto the scene again i thought i thought the scene was very very effective because for the life of me i thought this movie was going to be something that it wasn't i thought that this movie was going to be an exploration of death but actually i thought these characters were going to suffer and they do Mm. but not in the way that i expected
0: how did you think that Um, they would suffer
1: i thought i i I thought they were going to be haunted by demons
0: well they were their own demons
1: no but yeah but yeah 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 but that's it they were haunted by their own demons yes which is much more powerful i didn't yeah yeah i didn't I didn't see that one coming and mm. and and you know when I figured it out well i can't I can't say that because we we haven't got that yet but just to just to speak on this scene real quickly mm. as i as I fuck around here um i love I love the cinema I love the photographer's use of light and I love when Keith Sutherland goes down deeper into the train station and he comes across the same boy that he saw in his vision and that same and that boy basically kicks the ever loving shit out of him. I loved it. And also another thing that I really, really enjoy about this movie is the screenplay writer, uh as as all of our main characters are going through their visions, he keeps laying hats on the ground that he picks up later on. Mm-hmm. So nothing and nothing that is planted in this movie is wasted for the most part. Yeah. Everything everything that everything that Joel Schumacher does has a purpose and everything that the writer does has a purpose. Yes, exactly right. So
0: now we're with Joe, William Baldwin, your favorite character. <laughs> and he runs up to a woman that guy. <laughs> and he runs up oh. to a woman and he says, Oh, did you have a near death experience? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, Oh, I had one too. And you think it's innocent until he tries to crack onto her and you're like, Oh, you're so gross. And they go into a building and a, the, the TV is on. And when he looks at it, It switches to one of his sex tapes that he's made of a random woman and the woman looks at the TV, directly at the camera, sorry, and says, why did you do this to me, Joe? And he's like, what? And he blinks and it's gone. So now, so Kiefer Sutherland is seeing this fucking dog and this boy and and William, William, Joe is seeing his sex tapes on TV with the women saying, why have
1: you done this to me? So what do you think? Mm (laughs) Karma! no i no actually i thought no i thought that was a very very interesting visual way to sort of convey to the audience that once our main characters go through this near-death experience some crazy weaky some crazy funky as shit is going to start happening to them mm-hmm. look like i just said i thought it was going to be fucking demons i thought it was going to be like wrath of god type of shit but i really like the path that this movie took, mm. and I like the fact. Well, I, I, I also, I also like the way that these characters don't particularly communicate with each other that well, mm-hmm. because I also think that adds to the tension uh, from from a writing aspect. When you have characters who don't communicate with each other for a specific reason, mm-hmm. you can use that to hype up the tension. And I thought the I thought the writer of this film did that very well.
0: Yeah, because it all comes to a massive, massive blowout at the end. It does. Which is it great. Does. It does, which is great, creating tension. So now the team flatlines Kevin Bacon's character, the atheist, because he was like, fuck it. Woo! I'm gonna go. I need to fucking see. So his vision is basically his life rewinding all the way to being in the womb. And then we see him flying over snow-covered mountains, and then we see train tracks, and then a little African American girl just standing there looking at him. And then they bring him back, and that's that's his vision. So, what do you think?
1: I thought, I I thought, um, I thought his vision was very interesting because, an, as an atheist, I I, I would have thought he would have seen nothing.
0: Well, isn't that just a fucking atheist answer? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, I know, I know, see guys, Sweet guys, I told you, uh-huh. uh, but, but, you know, you know, you know, you know, but, you know, but, uh, Kevin Bacon's character being a, Kevin's Bacon, Kevin Bacon's character being an atheist and, um, um, you know, with, with me being, with me being an atheist also, mm-hmm. I understand that you can't really do that for a narrative story. Mm. So it's very, very interesting to me that, that Kiefer Sutherland's dream had kids in it and, and, uh, and Kevin and Kevin Bacon's dream, my guy Mm. had kids in it. Mm. So I find that very, very interesting that those two people had dreams that had kids play a major role in it in some, Way or fashion, so yeah, I just I just find that so interesting. And the fact, look, also something that I find very interesting mm-hmm. is that when when the person who has the near death experience comes out, I also like how they can't really explain what ha- wh- what just happened to them. Mm-hmm. In a way, in a way, it's similar to having a really really interesting dream, but when you wake up, you forget half of it.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. So yeah, they bring him back, and Kevin is—he's trying to—he's trying to rationalize what he saw. Oh, it was electrical currents in my brain. My there was brain activity, and Nelson, Keeper Sutherland work. is saying, "No, no, no, you were dead. There was no brain activity at all. There was nothing." And then Kevin goes, "Oh no, no, it must have been this. No, no,", no. and he tries to tell him again. He said, "You were dead. There was nothing." going on there was no brain activity no brain activity and so they were like what did you see and Kevin was like it's really hard to explain it but it felt as if he was being watched and then Nelson goes yeah by the dead (laughs) that doesn't (laughs) help that's something I would fucking say so Nelson then says he wants to go again but he wants to go under for four minutes this time because every time they go under they up each other's time and Rachel says, "No, she's been bumped twice already, and she's next." And then Nelson gets the shits. And I find this interesting because Nelson has already gone. But the thing is, all the boys I, they want to—they don't want Rachel to go under. They want to protect her. They don't—they don't, they don't yeah, want anything. Yeah. To, so that's why they keep bumping her. Because they they have this like brotherly, except Kevin Bacon because he likes it. They have this like love for her that's like no no no, um, you're not going. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in. and and she, she just gets pissed. And then Nelson gets pissed. He's like, and they go all right. It's Rachel's turn. Rachel has to go. Like we cannot bump her anymore. Nelson gets the shits, but like he's already had a turn. Like why don't you let Nobody- somebody else go? Why are you getting the? shits? Like, oh it was my idea and blah 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 blah. I'm like mate, fucking serious. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, but the other the I'm I'm sorry. The other thing, the other thing that I'm thinking throughout the scene, again, I'm like, are these people fucking crazy? Yeah. Yeah, yes they are. I'm like, uh oh, yes, okay, okay, okay. Okay, we've established that they're crazy. And thank you Dean for confirming that cuz I wasn't sure. Uh That's what I'm no, here for. No, I'm kidding. I, That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's great. She's great, guys. She's wonderful. Uh I I don't know where I would be without her. Um Me Neither. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably be lost somewhere. All right. So, but the you know, you know, but I, I, I really like how Julia Roberts' character stands up for herself and says, "No, I'm going to go next." And I also really like how Kiefer Sutherland's character says, "If I didn't come up with this idea, none of you motherfuckers would want to do this in the first place. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. I, I, I did. I did this just for me. I, I, I didn't do this." thinking that you guys were going to go... I didn't do this thinking that you guys were going to turn into a thing. Mm. I didn't want to do that. He didn't say that. Yeah. But he basically said that. Yeah. Huh? No, you're right. So so, 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 I really like how Kevin Bacon is trying to get the attention back on him and trying to make it all about him when, it, when it's not anymore. It's about them, not him. You mean Caper Sutherland? Yeah, sorry.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So... Now we're with Joe and Randy and they're walking past an electronic store with TVs in the window. And on the on the TVs, again, Joe, William Baldwin, he sees these sex tapes with the girls looking directly at the camera going, why did you do this? Why did you do this to me? And so he starts freaking out a little bit because he's like, oh, okay. And then we see Nelson arriving home. Again, Joel Schumacher uses very blue death tones. And he arrives home to find that kid that was in the tunnels in the train station at his home and his kid this kid jumps on him and basically spits in his face, which is fucking gross.
1: <laughs> and you're like, who the fuck is this kid? He, 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 whacked him with the hockey stick first.
0: Oh yeah. Whacked him with the hockey stick and then spat in his face. And you're like, "What?" I, honestly, like when it all comes together, you get it. But like at this point, you're yeah. like, I don't know what the fuck's going on.
1: <laughs> it's very You know, you know, um, it's very frustrating because again, I thought I was going to get a different movie, but as we went, as we go along here, I'm like, okay, the movie I thought I'm getting is not what I'm getting, Mm. but I am fascinated with with what I am getting.
0: Yes, yes. So Kevin Bacon wakes up and Rachel, Julie Roberts, has stayed just to make sure he's okay. And he tries to talk her out of going under and he asks her, like, why do you want to do this? And I I love this response. She said, I've lost a lot of people and I want to make sure they're going to a good place. She's the only one that literally has a legit that. motivation. Kiefer Sutherland's motivation also, is just like, oh, I just want to see so I can get fame and money. Kevin Bacon's is like he's an atheist, so like he just wants to see. But her motivation is really fucking sweet, and I
1: loved it. No, no, but also, also, I, I, to, to me, for for me, she was my favorite character in this movie because her intentions, like Dean just said, are very, very noble. And once you figure out why she wants to go yes beautiful. you're like oh my god it's 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 so so fucking perfect but we we, we but but uh we got to get there first
0: yeah julia robs is actually my favorite character as well i really really identified yeah. with her motive, motiv- not that i would do it but with her motivation like i get it because yeah. she works in hospice yeah. so she she gets she's around mm-hmm. a lot of people that die and she's like i just want to make sure they're going mm-hmm. to so you know that's awesome so anyway now we're awesome. back with rachel oh no go for it
1: also, one more thing. Yeah. Um. Also, I just want to look. Although I also, although I identified with uh, Kevin Bacon's character, obviously because I he's an atheist and I'm an atheist. Mm. Um. I I also identified with um with Julia Roberts' character a lot. Yeah. But because of because of her, because of how she has dealt with death in life, because little known secret guys just really quick. Mm. I've, I, I, I've seen a lot of death in my life. Mm. So, um, uh, you know, and, and and once we figure again, once we figure out what, what is happening with Julie Roberts and why she wants to do what she wants to do. I just like, she was just speaking my language. Her character was, was like speaking through me. I'm sorry, Dean, for going on there.
0: No, 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 no. This is a movie where you should go on because it, it it brings up a lot of questions
1: also, yeah, also, also this movie triggered me quite a bit. <laughs> Did it? But, oh, but, we love the triggers. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, uh, but in a good and healthy way. Yeah. Not a, yeah, 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 not a like, not a like, fuck, you know? Yeah, no, I,
0: I understand. So we're with Julie yeah. Roberts' character, Rachel, and she's in her ward and she's speaking with an old lady uh, patient. And Rachel tells her, you know, you got to stop holding on. And the patient, the lady, the old lady says she hears voices telling her to tell the people that she loves, that she loves them. And I have, I've done that. And Rachel says, but they're they're friendly voices. They're telling you what you need to know. And the old lady says, what? And she said that you have someplace to go. And I was like, oh, that dialogue kills me (laughs) so
1: beautiful.
0: It's so beautiful. Oh my God, I love it so much. Yeah. So that's that scene. I loved it. One of my favorite scenes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so great. The dialogue is so wonderful. What the old lady says, you know, you know, and God bless this the 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 actress who played the old woman. She did a mm. she did a great job. She's the she's the same old woman that we saw in the opening when Julia Roberts was first introduced.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So I so so I like the uh, I like the way that the screenplay writer uh, picked that back up, and mm. I also like how this scene sort of reinforced what Julia Roberts really thinks Mm, about, about death and about what really happens because her viewpoints may or may not change when she flatlines.
0: That's what I love about it because she has this viewpoint. And then when she flatlines, it completely turns everything upside down, which is like also, also,
1: also, also, I don't want to spoil it, but when she flatlines, she gets the one thing that she that, that she gets the one thing that she has needed her entire life. Oh,
0: 100%. Which is why it was so powerful. 100%. Yeah. All the other ones were like, yeah, okay, but her one and no. her resolution yeah, hers,
1: was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it was just I mean, I, I mean I but uh, uh uh Dean Dean knows this. Mm. I'm a very very emotional guy. Mm. When uh Julia Roberts' character got her resolution, I cried. I
0: was like, what? Oh, no, the- I cried too. It was
1: beautiful. Was, yeah, it was, just, it, it was just great. It was just great.
0: Yeah. So now we're with Kevin Bacon and he's on the train and it's the same shot from his vision and he kind of goes, oh, that's kind of fucking weird. And then all the train lights go out. He goes into the tunnel and all the train lights go out and then when they go on, he sees the little African-American girl from his vision and who starts berating him, calling him every single name under the sun but kids' kids' names. Like not an adult, like you're not slinging adult um, adult insults. They're very kiddie insults. And then he blinks and she's gone and sh- he's like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> so what did you think about that before I move on?
1: Yeah, I you know what? I thought it was very, very similar to what uh, Kiefer Sutherland's character went through. And again, all, all throughout this movie, I'm like, these fucking people, they have a lot of fucking skeletons in their closets. And for some reason, once they flatline, these skeletons are coming back and these skeletons or these ghosts or whatever the fuck they are, they want something from them and they want these characters to realize something. So all throughout this film, I'm like, what do they want these characters to realize? And Mm -hmm. again, the way that Joel Schumacher uses light, uses color, the way that the writer has dropped all these hats on the ground and Mm. the way that he strategically picks them up as we go along here Mm. is just wonderful.
0: Yeah. So now we're with Rachel, Julie Roberts. She goes under, she flatlines. And we see her vision. And it's a memory of her military father coming home when she was a child. She was maybe like 10 or something. And then we see, we switch back and forth, we see Kevin Bacon. He races in and he's like, wake her up now, wake her up now and they're like but she's only been under for fucking like two minutes she's like i don't he pushes everyone out of the way he goes i don't give a fuck wake her up now so we go back to the vision and she's as her little as as herself when she was a little girl And she's walking up the stairs of her house and she opens and this is where they use the red tones she opens the door to the bathroom. She sees her dad from behind and she's, he's sitting on the bathtub, but you can't see what he's doing. And then her mother comes in, grabs her. He, the dad runs down the stairs out the front door. The mother and her run outside after him and he's basically gotten to his car and shot himself. He's killed himself. And meanwhile, back at the fucking ranch, <laughs> The power, the power has gone out because they're doing it in some fucking cathedral. The power's gone out, so they can't. So they can't really they 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 can't use the defib because that need you know and and Randy looks at Joe and says, "Did you charge the defib?" And he's like, "Oh shit, no, I didn't." So they can't use it. So they're like, "Well, how the fuck?" So they start doing CPR on her, like old school, and it takes them fucking ages, but they eventually yeah, get she- her back.
1: Yeah, she was on there for like five minutes, I think. Oh yeah, right? a
0: long time, a long time. So what do you what do you think? Yeah,
1: but also, also, I love her vision because mm. it, we we really understand why Julie Roberts is obsessed with death and why she wants to know, and also we understand why she has that specific viewpoint on death and why she has a specific viewpoint on life. Mm because she because when she was a kid she suffered a tragedy and um i just want to say when uh uh when julia roberts while she was flatlining got grab w- uh, got grabbed by her mother and her mother said it was all your fault mm-hmm. that was when i got triggered and that was like mm-hmm. oh my god that i was like this is not good no <laughs> no no, no. Cause, yeah cuz 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 i because um, I, I've been blamed for so many things in my life that mm. weren't my fault, and mm-hmm. when and when her mother says it was your fault that 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 he did what he did, I was like, oh, don't do that. That's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. It's nobody's fault.
0: Yeah, blaming a but, kid.
1: But but, <laughs> but it, yeah, but it, listen. But again, the the, the use of Joel show the the use of color in this film, mm. specifically red, I think is great because mm. it, it signifies Blood. It signifies his danger. Mm. It's just a really, really good choice by Joel Schumacher yep. and his DP.
0: Yeah, yeah. So while Rachel is kind of recovering, uh, Kevin Bacon tells them about the girl from his vision, and he says, "This little girl, I used to torment her in elementary school." And then Joe pipes up and says, "He keeps seeing girls from from his sex tapes on television screens." And then Nelson pipes up and tells them about the boy and he used to pick on him in school and kevin turns around he's fucking pissed this is when it all comes to a head because he's like why didn't you tell us why did you not mention this and nelson's like well it wasn't worth mentioning he's like you don't think it was worth mentioning that you fucking came back and started seeing visions and he's like oh no but you, (laughs) you never would have done it and blah 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 and kevin's like are you fucking serious you've just fucked us all and then Nelson says, look, I think we brought back our sins with us. And it's just like a massive- Great line, by up. the way. Oh, a beautiful line. I mean, it's just like, it's a huge fucking- I mean, Kevin Bacon is right. What, you didn't give us all the information, which he says is basically lying. You lied to us to get us to do it, to get us to participate. If you had told us, none of us would have fucking done this. And he's so right. Yes, back absolutely. Him, absolutely.
1: He's so right. He's so ready. Right. He, you backed him hundred percent. No, and the other thing, the, the other thing is that if if uh Kiefer Southern's character was completely honest about this, he could have saved everybody a mountain of suffering.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> the only look look, 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 most of our main characters got something out of got something out of this. But the only person who really benefited, I thought, uh, was Julia Roberts. Be- because of because of what she, because of what she went through in in my estimation and and because of and because of the revelation that she um uh, uh, uh got after she flatlined,
0: yeah, i think I think Kevin and Kiefer both got it as well, but we'll talk about that when they get mm-hmm. it, and I'll explain why okay. I, I I think that so uh, yeah, Rachel's in the bathroom. And it's the, mo- it's the fucking most fanciest fucking school bathroom I've ever seen. It's a fucking churchy yeah. bathroom. Jesus Christ. Fucking mural on the churchy wall. Churchy bathroom. Jesus fucking Christ. Where the fuck are they? Where the fuck no, are the other- they? Shit.
1: No, but the other thing, the other thing I was like, there's no medical school in the world that looks like this. No. Because like, <laughs> no. because, because, because like Dean and I have said, this doesn't look like a medical school. It looks like a giant. Church that the cath- that 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 the, that the archdiocese like yeah. like condemned or something because uh, the yeah. other thing is there's no fucking security there's nobody around so these, fu- these these students our main characters are allowed to do whatever the fuck they want because there's nobody around ever I know I know
0: <laughs> so so anyway Rachel's in this fucking funky bathroom and she's trying to collect her thoughts when she sees her father in the reflection of the mirror and you're like ooh that's fucking creepy and then so we go back out and Nelson has fucking lost it he's fucking lost it um he he's at his home and he's bolted the front door and he's sitting staring at the door holding a screw screwdriver he's fucking lost it and then <laughs> and then we see a memory of him remembering him and his friends tormenting this kid this kid that he keeps seeing that's beating him him up they keep, he has a memory of him and his friends tormenting this exact same kid, throwing rocks at him. Who's in a, he's up in a tree and they're throwing rocks at him. And then he appears in front of Nelson and basically knocks him the fuck out with the screwdriver. <laughs> so you're getting a bit more of the story about what, what happened. So what do you think?
1: First of all, I can't, look, I kept thinking, uh, you know, obviously I kept thinking a lot of stuff throughout mm-hmm. this movie, but the one thing I kept thinking was why are fucking kids so cruel? What the fuck is wrong with children? Um, like, they don't how, understand. They don't, they don't understand how would the, how, how in the fuck do they think it's acceptable to bully other kids? Like, like what the fuck? I'm like, God damn it. Oh yeah. But anyway, 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 when Kiefer Southern's character decided to bolt himself in his house, the only thing I kept thinking is you fucking moron. Do you think by bolting yourself in your house, do you think that this fucking ghost or whatever the fuck he is, he's not gonna be able to get to you? He's a ghost, man. Yeah, but are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, but Kiefer Sutherland's
0: character is a scientist. He doesn't believe in ghosts. He thinks this is he thinks oh, this yeah. is an actual boy.
1: Oh yes, oh yes, that is true. That is true. That that's something that I have to remember. These characters are well, all of them are scientific. Mm. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. So We're with Rachel, back with Rachel, and she's getting dressed. And once again, she sees her dad looking dead, her dead dad, looking at her very dead in the mirror. And so she freaks out. And uh, Rachel says to Kevin, because Kevin kind of stayed over to make sure she was okay this time, uh, she goes, she's rushing out. She says, I have to stop her. I have to stop her. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Rachel rushes into her ward and she goes to where the old lady's bed is and the old lady has already died. And Rachel starts crying and she's upset because she wanted to tell her that the voices were wrong. And that broke my heart <laughs> because imagine feeling that way. Imagine telling someone, oh, no, it's cool, yeah, just like there's a light and you'll, it'll be great. And then you have the experience of like hell. And so you've let someone else believe something and and you think now that they are in hell because of what you said? That's horrible. That's horrible.
1: No, actually, no, actually it's it's, it's very, very – Um, it's, it's very unfortunate because, um, when you, when, when you have a friend that you know that they're dying and you know that, uh, uh, potentially a conversation that you're having with them now could be the last conversation that you ever have with them. Mm -hmm. You are very, very, very aware of that. And also you are very, very afraid of that. I don't want it to end, and i just want i just want them to think that it's all gonna be happy mm. that it's gonna be uh you know unicorns and rainbows, but the truth mm. is you don't know that yes yeah. yeah um and, and and you know you know and and uh in in this particular scene i i thought of a of a good friend of mine mm. who who died um in in college and and one of my last conversations with him, I asked him, are you afraid of dying? Hmm. and he goes and he said i'm not i'm not afraid of death i'm just afraid of leaving all the people that i love behind oh wow Wow. and and all my friends Hmm. so when so when julie roberts came to the giant cathedral or in the or in the hospice section of the of the church hospital i broke down because i thought of i I thought of Hmm. my friend that was another trigger point
0: yeah i think when people have long illnesses. They do get to a point where they're totally accepting of what's happening and the only thing they care about is how will their family cope. They're actually not afraid of death. They they all get to that point of like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm not even afraid anymore, which is such an amazing acceptance point to get to that I don't know if anybody that doesn't go through an illness like that, like a terminal illness, can, can actually get to. But,
1: yeah, it's sad. It is sad. So uh, shall I move on? Uh yeah no it's just um it's just you know people people that are going through uh, uh illnesses that are going to only end one way in mm. death they go through the stages of grief right so mm. when they first start yeah so what so when they first start the journey they're going okay i can beat this yes as the, as the journey goes on they go okay it's getting a little tougher mm. and you know I, as they get to the end they're like okay I've tried my best, but I can't beat this. And what I have to do now for 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 my remaining, for the remaining time that I'm here, I have to accept what is going to happen to me. Mm. And I have to understand that there's nothing I can do to save myself or what's going to happen. Yep. Yep. And And lastly, I have to make sure that everyone around me understands how much I love them mm. and that it's okay. Yep. Yep. That this is gonna that this is gonna happen, and there's nothing that they can do. Yes,
0: yeah, no, I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. So we're with Kevin now, and he's standing at an old playground, and he's remembering tormenting the little African American girl there. And now we switch to Joe William Baldwin, and he's walking home uh, when a girl comes up to him and starts cracking onto him, and he's like, uh, and he finds it a bit weird. And then another girl comes up to him and cracks onto him and he thinks that's a bit weird and then he goes into his building and there's another girl on the stairway and cracks onto him and they're following him and he's like, "What?" they're using all the lines on him that he used on them to get them into bed, basically giving him a taste of his own medicine, uh, which I liked. And so he goes upstairs and he's engaged. I think I mentioned that. His fiance is there and she's found his videotapes and she basically just fucking leaves his ass and he's like no please don't they meant nothing to me I, I i i i don't i don't know it it pisses me off when people go they meant nothing to me and it's like that doesn't make me feel better <laughs> that makes me feel like you're a dickhead even more because you can go out and do that and feel nothing like yeah so anyway is is that the conclusion to his story? the fact that he was caught and he got a taste of his own medicine and his fiance left him? Is that the wrapping up of his his um vision
1: yeah, right, okay. that's it, that's yeah. it, yeah, okay. you know, and just yeah, just real quickly, I just want to say one thing about his type of individual that type of individual sucks because that because that type of individual that type of individual can lie to your fucking face. And, and 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 go on and, and go on about his day and and yeah. those type of people are the worst type of people to be in relationships with oh yeah or to be even friends with oh yeah right oh yeah because someone someone who can lie directly to your face without blinking is very very dangerous so dangerous
0: <laughs> yeah hundred percent so now we're with Kevin and he's on the phone and he's trying to find the girl he tormented because obviously she's his age. And he's like calling around and he he finds her and he goes, look, do you have an address? So he writes the address down. And he goes outside his apartment and he sees Nelson and Nelson's fucked. He looks like he's been beaten up. He looks like he hasn't slept, he hasn't eaten, and he's just fucked. And he says, and Nelson basically says can i can where are you going is oh, i found i found the girl and he goes can i come with you and kevin's like it's a two-hour drive
1: he's like yeah i just i don't want to be alone
0: like you can see he's mentally like descending into like fucked upness so what do you think
1: yeah no i i really i really appreciated that kevin's bacon's character took it upon himself to try and do something try and do something forward thinking about the problem mm. because all, all, the other characters are sort of letting shit happen to them. Yes, Kevin, Kevin Bacon's character, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the character's name. People, you, you guys know I'm awful with names. We just yeah, Kevin. Um, yeah, Kevin Bacon. He's the only character in the film who takes it upon himself to go forward and do something about these visions. He's the only mm. one that has a plan, mm. and I really like that. I also really like. That Nelson... I remember the name! I uh, yeah, yeah. Nelson. I, I, I also really like that Nelson really, really, at this point, just needs his friends and understands that there's safety in numbers, so mm-hmm. to speak. So I really, really like... I, I really, I really, I really, really like the scene of Kevin Bacon finding this little girl that he tormented, mm-hmm. and the fact that Nelson admits that he needs to be with someone right now that for him to be alone Mm. is not a good idea
0: yeah so now we're back with rachel julie roberts and she's in autopsy class in a weird looking church anyway we've spoken about how weird that fucking is so she's working on a body when she sees her dad under the cloth that she's working on which is kind of a freak out and he tries to reach out to her and she freaks the fuck out and just like runs out of class. And meanwhile, Joe and Randy sees sees see this and they're like, "Uh, what?" So before I move on, um, I like that scene. That was creepy as shit.
1: Yeah, no, there's there's no doubt about that. And the other the the other really really creepy thing about this movie mm-hmm. is that the I mean we've said it multiple times, but I think it needs to be said for for the point that I want to make. Mm-hmm. No medical hospital in the <laughs> world looks like yeah. The lighting, the lighting in this scene is so dark and so misty. When you're learning to be a surgeon, I believe you, me, folks. You are lighted to the nines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes you have lights on your forehead. Yeah, because you need to. Yeah. Because here, here, here's the thing, guys. When you're operating some, when you're operating on someone, if you fuck up, they die. Yeah. No, but also, but but also, but but also, to 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 speak uh, more about the scene, I thought it was very very cool when Julia Roberts started freaking out and the mm. and and the sheet lifted up and the hand started to come out. I was like, this shit is creepy <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> it, it just it just it just unsettled me so much. Yeah, so many scenes, so many scenes in this movie because of the, because of the lighting, the direction, the music. Yeah, so many scenes made me so uncomfortably yeah. creeped out if yeah. that's a thing because
0: nobody would think that this is a horror movie
1: but it fucking is no <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah but also also it's it's the type of horror movie that i wasn't expecting yeah. so i, I yeah. also i also i also find that really really refreshing
0: yeah, that's what I love about this movie. side sideswipes. You're like, oh, this is a nice movie about equal students. It's quite lovely. And then, oh, no. And then, you, and then you watch it like, what the fuck am I watching? Why am I watching this at midnight? Why? Why? So so we're yeah. moving on. We're, we're with Kevin and Nelson, and they're driving to the address of the girl who used to torment. And he knocks on the door, and the woman comes out. And he, tells, he says who he is, and they go inside. Now, we're with Nelson, and we're cutting back and forth between Nelson and Kevin Bacon inside. Nelson starts freaking out. He starts hearing noises around the car and he winds the windows up because back then folks, you had to wind windows up. (laughs) There was no button. Mm -hmm. You wound them up and they were fucking hard to do anyway. And then we go back. And they hurt too. Sometimes it will get stuck. I'm sorry. They hurt too. (laughs) They fucking hurt too. Uh, Now Kevin, we uh, switch back to Kevin and he's in, he's apologizing to the girl. He's saying, look, I'm really sorry about what she's like. No, no, it's fine. And she's, he's like, no, it's not fine. I was a kid. I didn't know any better, and I'm really sorry. And she says she forgives him. And meanwhile, Nelson's freaking the fuck out. He jumps into the back of the jeep. Kevin gets back back to the car and sees Nelson freaking out, and he he finds Nelson um, because Nelson thinks the boy's there, and the boy's got a pickaxe to his eye. And when Nelson, and when and when Kevin Bacon finds him, he finds like there's no boy there. It's Nelson with a pickaxe to his own fucking eye. So there's there's nobody there and kevin snaps him out of it and he's like there's nobody here what the fuck are you doing so his psyche has completely fucking lost it there's nobody even though we knew that now nelson knows that nelson is like wait there's nobody there kevin's like it's fucking nobody and that's when he's like that's when it cl- that's when he clicks and he goes fucking nut job <laughs> and he does what he does next but anyway that was that scene
1: yeah, I I really really like this scene. I mean, this scene is one of my favorites in the movie because I really really like it in film and in real life when people who have done something wrong to another individual own up to it and they say I'm sorry mm. and they give and they give the individual that they've done wrong some peace and some closure. Mm. And I think that Kevin, I think that Kevin Bacon's character did that. As well as he could have done it. Mm. And I also I also like that he I also like that he wasn't forceful. And that I also like the way that he went about doing it. Yep. Yep. And I, I also like the actor who plays the adult version mm. of, the girl. Of, of the girl. Because at first you're like, oh, she doesn't remember. But as Kevin Bacon is trying to apologize, you can you can see that. Even, even, even all these years later, this act by Kevin Bacon and some of his friends still affected her in a way so much so that when Kevin Bacon steps out, she goes, thank you.
0: Yeah. Because when, when you're bullied in school, as I was, it stays with you. It sticks with you. You don't forget. You might pretend, but you don't forget. And what I wouldn't give for someone, one of them to call me up and to be like, you know i'm sorry like it just would mean so much to anybody so yeah i really really liked that scene so for anybody that's bullied anyone out there find them and apologize because you yeah, might make think, amends, yeah, man. you might think that they won't remember you trust me they will remember you they will remember you Yeah. so
1: that do that hey I, I mean hey look hey look um i i i had this one well, just a quick aside. I had this one fucking kid who used to torment me in grade school. Mm. And I fucking, I still have nightmares about this little bastard. Yeah. His, his name was Greg. He used to torment the crap out of me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We still remember, right? Doesn't matter if it happened 50 yeah. years ago, we will not forget. <laughs> yeah, we still so still remember. Still fucking remember. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Yeah. The group meet up, and Rachel tells everybody about her visions of her dad. because Because... At this time, she's not told anybody anything, so she's like, "Okay, See, she admits it
1: mm. again, why aren't these people communicating properly but yeah, but but, but, uh, but like I said before, I think that adds the attention of the film,
0: yeah, exactly. So again, she's pissed at Nelson for not fucking telling them that this could possibly be a side effect of of going under. and Kevin tells Joe and Randy. Help Nelson find that little boy, and it might put a stop to the visions and then Rachel Rachel tells um, Kevin uh, the story about her father killing himself and Kevin tells her that she has to let it go in order to move on even um, right which which is why I love her um, vision so much because even though. We may not think about certain things or a certain person. It doesn't mean um, that they still don't haunt us because as an adult, she wouldn't have thought about her dad fucking happened when she was like 10. She wouldn't have thought about it, but this is dredging it up. And if something, as you know, gets dredged up, it means that it's still there. And Kevin Bacon Mm -hmm. is so much like you because that's something you would say to me. That's something you would say and you would do. And I love that scene.
1: Yeah, yeah, but also, also when Kevin Bacon told her that she just has to let go, mm. I got I got triggered up the nines mm. because
0: yeah, oh
1: yeah, because um, just uh, just a little note, a a, a little, short, short while ago, I was going through something, and a friend of mine, hint hint, wink wink, told me I got I I have to let go, yeah, and I got to move on, yeah. So when that happened, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so triggered right now. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. But, you know, but, 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 also, but, but also what Kevin Bacon did for Julia, Julia Roberts' character is amazing because you, because you need somebody to tell you when you're going through something like that, the best thing that you can do is let go. and Yes. and also, And also when you let go, you become a better person and you move on.
0: There are a lot of things that people hold on to that they don't realize they're holding on to until it comes to the surface. A lot of shit. Oh, no, I've, I've, I'm, I'm past that. It's like, mm, you're not. <laughs> you're not. Uh, so anyway, that yeah. was a beautiful scene. So now we're with Nelson, Joe, and Randy. And Nelson's like, oh, I know where the little boy is. Come. Let's go. Follow me. So Nelson leads them to a cemetery and shows him the boy's grave. And he says, this is where I put him. And you're like, wait, oh. what? And then we go back to his vision of him throwing rocks at this little boy and then the boy fell from the tree and fucking died. And so now you're sitting there like, oh. well, how the fuck are you going to resolve this? How is it going to be resolved if the boy is dead? And then Nelson fucking goes batshit crazy, just fucking runs off. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to go under and I'm going to fucking sort this out because if he can't sort it out on this side, he's going to sort it out on the other side because he just wants it to stop.
1: No, 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 he has to. And, you know, at this point, at this point, Donald Sutherland's character as Nelson has completely fucking lost it. And I really, really like how he knew where the little boy was. And I also really like the fact that he sort of adopted Kevin Bacon's, Kevin Bacon's uh, way of handling this mm. and he said, "Okay, the only way that I can fix this is for me to make amends. But the only way I can make amends is to do the one thing that everybody told me not to do and go back in." Yeah, yeah.
0: uh We go back to Rachel, Julie Roberts, and we step into her vision, and she walks into the bathroom as a, as a little as as herself, but in her vision as a little girl. But she's as her adult self, and she pushes the door open, and she sees her dad from behind now we see what he was doing because we didn't know what he was doing before and he was shooting up heroin and he looks at her with such sadness in his eyes like he doesn't want to be doing it but obviously the military has messed him up hardcore and he starts crying and she starts crying and he it's it's so sad and basically the whole time she was thinking oh my god death is hell, death is hell. But the whole time, what she didn't realize was he was coming to her to ask for her forgiveness. He hadn't let it go. He didn't know how to move on. He hadn't moved on yet because he felt so horrible about what happened. And she realizes this and she realizes he was in so much pain that he had to do that and that he had to die because he just couldn't live with the pain of what he experienced anymore and then they hug and they cry and she she releases it and he gets the forgiveness that he's always wanted and it was a beautiful in a movie that's a horror movie it was a beautiful scene
1: yeah look i've i've said multiple times in this conversation that there are multiple triggers that this movie have given me that this mm-hmm. movie gave me mm-hmm. but this was the biggest one yep. because I I I have I, I have and I had unresolved feelings about my dad who was killed mm. and when Julia Roberts figured out that it wasn't her fault mm. that her dad was in such pain that he didn't know how to go on and when they hugged each other I was like oh my god what I wouldn't give mm. to just have one more moment with my dad and, and just say and just say i love you dad because the last time i spoke to him mm-hmm. i didn't say that yeah cuz we don't know i didn't think yeah he was uh just just yeah, i mean uh, just, uh i spoke to him one day before he got shot yeah yeah and i was actually planning to go on a trip i was actually planning to come come and see him mm. um uh no but you know uh, back to the movie i absolutely love the way that um that joel schumacher played the scene julia roberts and the actor who plays her father it was just a wonderful scene and i was in tears for about six minutes yeah i had to stop the movie yeah yeah because it's that powerful yeah it was just it it was just so great so after that
0: nelson calls rachel to tell her he's going under again but he's gonna do it unassisted because he's just mental no, he's just what are you men- doing? because he's mental at this point he just can't he just fucking just can't do it, and so the team she calls everybody and she's like, this is what he's gonna do so they 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 rush to stop him, but it's too late he's already put himself under so I love this. we go into Nelson's vision this is my probably my favorite part because I connected with this on a level that I didn't connect with anything else in this entire movie. And Nelson has now swapped positions with the little boy that he was tormenting. So now the little boy he was tormenting is now throwing rocks at him in the tree. And he's the one that's crying and he's the one that's saying, no, please stop, please stop, please stop. And he falls to the ground. And as he hits the ground, he turns back into like adult Nelson. And he's like, oh, what this has done. And I connected with this so deeply. What the boy has done for him is he has given him the experience so he can understand and know what he went through, the terror he experienced. And the boy comes up to adult Nelson and smiles because he knows. He, ne- he just needed him to get it because obviously the boy's already dead. He needed him to understand. And the only way a soul can understand is through experience. So now Kiefer Sutherland has now experienced what he has done to that little boy. And he's had, he's, 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 it's changed him in ways that we won't know because the movie's already, already over, but it's changed him. And meanwhile, they're trying to bring him back and Kiefer's Nelson has been under for like 12 minutes. And so they're like, no, he's dead. And look, if you're, if you're dead for 12 minutes, this is where the movie goes into fantasy land. You can't be brought back (laughs) unless it's by divine intervention. You can't be brought back. But anyway. They, they eventually bring him back because Kevin Bacon just will not fucking give up. And when they bring him back, he starts to breathe. And the last line of dialogue in the movie is, today is not a good day to die because that was his first line of dialogue. And now he's realised, oh, he's learnt a lesson. He's, he's, he's basically been to, to hell and back. And the last shot of the movie is all these biblical paintings which i don't know what that has to do with fucking medical school but it's a beautiful it's a beautiful shot and then that's it that's that's the end
1: no but the interesting thing about the interesting thing about um the fact i'll I'll get to i'll get to nelson's vision in in just a moment Mm. but the interesting thing about these these gargoyles and all the paintings and the whole and the fact that this medical hospital looks like it's in a church Mm. um, all these paintings look like of people that are like in, in some sort of distress or in some sort of hell. So I think that the paintings sort of signify that these characters have some demons or some, Mm. or some, or some things that they have to come to grips with before they can move on and do what they're going to do here in the waking world. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, look, look, now look, I might be, I might be bringing too much into it, but that's, my take on it. Yep. Um also also I absolutely loved this this final scene with Nelson because it was such a good idea for the writer to put now nel- to put uh grown-up Nelson into the shoes of the little boy that he tormented mm-hmm. to make him understand what he felt when he was about to die. Yep. Because here's because here's the thing you may you may choose to torture somebody for God knows what reason, but you have no idea what your actions do to other people. Mm, mm-hmm. yep. The only way, look, look, the only way for you to truly know that is to number one ask them, or number two swap bodies with with them, which we know is sort of, yeah, sort of, sort of impossible. Yeah, in 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 our waking world. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I, so again, I thought it was a, such a good storytelling device that the writer used to, to let Nelson's character know that the only thing that this ghost wanted was not to hurt him, but to make him understand mm-hmm. that what he did was wrong. Yep. Yep. And to make him feel it and to make him get it. Mm hmm. Yep. Exactly. And it worked yeah yeah it absolutely did work and also just just one more thing before i forget Mm because i almost forgot about this yep the the fact that the final line of the movie mirrored the first line of the movie i was like beautiful perfect circle (laughs) perfect circle i mean look 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 if i uh if i was a reader reading the script i would have given the script like just send this thing right to the blacklist because it was yeah so many so many things in the script were were planted in This script was so well thought out. Yeah. Yeah. It was just great. It was great.
0: Great writing, great directing, great cinematography. It was great everything.
1: Score, too. we got to mention the score. Score was beautiful,
0: especially the creepy church music. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was fucking A+. Yeah. All
1: right.
0: Trivia? Yes, trivia. All right. So first trivia is Val Kilmer turned down the role of Nelson. Huh? I could see him as Kiefer Sutherland's character. I could hundred percent see Val uh, Kilmer.
1: Yeah, a little, but you know what? I ca but now but now seeing the movie, I see I'm a uh I'm a, well, I've never told you this. I'm a huge fan of Kiefer Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but you know what? Now I'm thinking about it, yeah. I could see that. Yeah.
0: Uh Nicole Kidman uh for Rachel.
1: Oh Nicole Kidman. No. That uh,
0: would have worked. I think it would have worked. Because she's got that I innocent know. face, or she did, not now,
1: <laughs> but she did. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? But you know what? I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go against you on that one. I, mm. I gotta, I, I gotta, I, I, I gotta go with my beloved redhead. I yeah, gotta right, go with Julia right, right, right.
0: One. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The writer of this movie came up with the concept after his friend went into surgery and was telling him about a near-death experience that he had. So that gave him the idea to do for the movie.
1: That's awesome. That is wonderful. Um and I know what I know what that kind of feels like because I've been accused of being <laughs> the Taylor Swift a screenplay writer by <laughs> someone. <laughs> so I guys, 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 just a quick aside here. I I've been I've been a writer on and off for fifteen years mm. and all I've ever done with my career is be a Taylor Swift. So yeah, I know exactly what that feels like. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, the biblical paintings, the images are actually, and you're on it, are actually images of the underworld. So, you're right. Ah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, all the images when they were in the autopsy room, all the images when they were in the thing, if people look closely, they're images of the underworld, but there's also images of angelic figures pulling people out of the underworld as well. It's a, a beautiful, oh, cool. it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. Even though, okay, they weren't in a hospital, the way that this movie looked and where they filmed was perfect, I thought. I can, I can, I can, all right, it's not in a hospital. Okay. Because if they had filmed this in an actual hospital, it wouldn't have hit the same. It would have been a different, I think. It would have been different.
1: No, I mean, you know, you know, I mean their choice to film where they filmed and the fact that their medical hospital looks like an actual church, it really added it really added atmosphere mm. and depth to all of the scenes that 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 uh that were going on throughout the movie also another thing that helped dean mentioned it several times throughout our conversation the fact that none of this movie takes place during the daytime Yeah. like 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 maybe, <laughs> like, like, maybe like like maybe like like maybe one or two scenes yeah, possibly like
0: two or three scenes but, that's but, it.
1: yeah but most of it is during the day mm. and and it's it's it just it just adds so much atmosphere the writing the directing the photography everything about this movie just works for a particular reason
0: it does and if we've got nothing else shall we flatline the fuck out of here
1: <laughs> do you like yes, that yes we shall flatline <laughs> yeah i like that joke that was a good one all right all right so all star for that one yay
0: so if you want yeah. to email us you can you can email how great I am. I've said this before, and how shit Marcello is, if you want. If you want, I mean, you sh- you sh- probably should. You probably should because Marcello would love it. Wouldn't you love it? Yeah, I would. Yeah. You'll <laughs> love it. So you can do that at the Mixtape Pod at AOL dot com if you want to rev- If you want us to review, request any movies we. Wait a minute, I fucked that up. Let me fucking try that again. Hang on. <laughs> Mixtape pod at aol.com. And if you would like to request a movie for us to review, there it is. Fucking got it. Fucking got it. You can do that. You can do that. We will do almost anything except musicals. <laughs> Sorry, Marcelo sorry please don't request oh my god that's people okay, please do not okay. request a musical oh my fucking god please don't now now we're gonna get emails oh, wait, from wait, people wait. fucking requesting musicals Fuck, oh, fuck,
1: fuck. guys 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 for today, if you want to make me really happy please request a musical oh no please I, i'm begging you please
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm fucking on my knees i'm fucking begging please don't <laughs> <laughs> fuck anyway no,
1: but
0: uh, yeah no i, I just not no I just, no
1: like, oh no, no, no 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 seriously seriously guys if you request a musical we will not do it
0: simply flat out we will refuse <laughs> <laughs> that's how much i fucking hate musicals <laughs> all right so uh now that the musicals are out of the mix next week next week we have wow <gasps> we have boogie nights that's gonna be fucking big dick groovy isn't it <laughs> that's going to be fucking groovy. So we have Boogie Nights starring Mark Wahlberg and we hope you can join us for that because that is a fantastic movie because we like to mix it up here on the Mixtape Podcast and a sexy podcast voice. If someone is kind enough to make you a Mixtape, that must mean that they really love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloon Head Productions presentation.